0: Good Monday afternoon, guys. I'm Jerry Miller, and welcome to the I Love Seaville show. Thank you kindly for joining us. It's good to be with you one week removed from Christmas. We're live in the Macklin Building in downtown Charlottesville. Yours truly and my esteemed colleague of 13 years, Judah Wickhauer, will offer perspective and opinion and commentary on stories and talking points that we find interesting or of merit in the Charlottesville Albemarle and Central Virginia region. Talking points like upzoning on the docket tonight with City Council an approval or a vote expected. We've been talking about this for years. Literally years, Judah. And tonight, five people will offer their take and potential vote. Maybe their final take and vote on upzoning. Coincidentally, at the same time, up is on the agenda for a vote tonight. Council will also talk about the future, Judah, of an apart- two apartment buildings, one called the Verve. The Verve is a, uh, an apartment tower on the Jefferson Park Avenue corridor. The other on the Ivy Road corridor, 2117 Ivy Road. These two projects combined can provide housing for more than 1,500 people, Judah. The expectation is council will offer resistance on the Verve and 2117 Ivy Road, which ironically will coincide at the same time they may greenlight or approve upzoning. The dichotomy is tangible and palpable. We'll unpack that for you today on the Monday edition of the I Love Seville Show, which is presented by the Blue Ridge Venture Fund. Find it online at blueridgeventurefund.com. Charlottesville's got another ranking Judah Wickhauer. This time our town, our fair city, has been ranked the number two Judah Wickhauer. Small college town in America. It's defined with a population of less than 125,000. We are the number two small college town in the good old U.S. of A. Wallet Hub did this ranking. They compared 415 U.S. college towns and a mathematical ranking system using 31 factors grouped into three categories, which are wallet friendliness, one, social environment, two, And Academic and Economic Opportunities, three. The accolades continue for a city we love very, very dearly. But with the national press, and we'll unpack this as the show matures, comes national attention. And with national attention comes, say it from the back, Judah, so Sally can hear. With national attention comes... Uh. More people coming into Charlottesville? Judah Wickower, always on point. Look at that, looking sharp. The beard game's looking good. Sweater's looking good. He's a key contributor to the talk show. Yet another national ranking for the town we call home and the business that employs us, J-Dubs. We'll unpack that on today's show. Get your commentary, your popcorn, and your fireworks ready. Also on the talk show, Judah Wickower. We are going to talk a topic provided by Judah himself on the rundown today. The deer population, not reindeer, but the actual deer population, is spiking through the roof. Coincidentally, the population in the area is also spiking, Judah. And this has raised the antenna flags and concerns for the man known as J-Dubs on the Isle of Seville network. He will explain why An increased deer population. Yes, Bambi is bad news for our community. We'll talk about the start of a new city council. We are now 14 days removed from a new dynamic on the dais with Leah Perrier, the interim city councilor, stepping down and Natalie Oshrin stepping in. We'll talk about that dynamic on today's program. And J-Dubs wants to chitter-chatter Christmas and holiday cinema on the program. I've been watching a movie or two as well with my family. Different, I think, from the movies Judah's been watching. Judah went to the movie theater in person, which I applaud and salute him uh, for doing so. Before we begin, if we're on a one-shot, J-Dubs, are we on a one or a two? We're
1: on a two. We're
0: on a two. Let's go back to a One. Viewers and listeners, look at the screen for the topics we'll talk um, today. I'm going to go slightly out of order. Neil Williamson is watching the program. Hello, Neil Williamson. Can we put Neil's photo on screen? Neil is number 28 in the power rankings. And look at this this gentleman. Handsome, S-O-B, Neil Williamson. Um, Rob Neil is watching, number 29 in the power rankings. Hello, Rob Neil. Olivia Branch is watching. We love Olivia Branch. On this talk show, Olivia, what is your ranking? I have it right in front of me. It should be much higher, whatever Olivia Branch is. Number 23 in the power ranking, Olivia Branch. Her star is rising. Let's talk Wilson Ritchie first. Mayanna won. Yep. Um, Gone too soon. Wilson Ritchie. Rest in power. As you may have heard passed away in a car accident last week. Wilson's legacy was remembered and celebrated this weekend. And if you want to talk one of the most popular guys in town and a legacy that's going to long live his body on this earth, you immediately have to think Wilson Ritchie. He had parties and celebrations across Charlottesville and Albemarle County over the last handful of days from decking the downtown mall out in Wilson's honor to a commemoration and remembrance at the code building or the Bradbury on the downtown mall. Wilson Ritchie had folks telling stories of him this weekend and certainly for days and weeks to come. Those stories range from PG to R-rated. Those stories range from back of the house to front of the house. Those stories range from restaurants started and restaurants close. Those stories range from management contracts launched and management contracts finished. Those stories range from Christmas parties to holiday parties, to friends, to family, to loved ones, to family, and the friends we call family. One of the things I can highlight about Wilson Ritchie is his legacy is gonna ring true for a long time in this community. I personally, on Friday, was at the whiskey jar, and I enjoyed a Virginia beer and a bourbon in Wilson's honor. And as I was sitting at the whiskey jar and enjoying the beer with the back, I considered what the whiskey jar and the spirit within the whiskey jar met to me and to our community at large. You see aspects of Wilson in all the brands and restaurants that he's created and launched. And I think that's one of the many ways his legacy will continue. I think his legacy will continue through the stories of his friends and his loved ones that they will be sure to tell moving forward. Gone, but not forgotten, Wilson Ritchie 47 years old, 47 years young, a spirit that will resonate in this community for 47 more years, if not longer. You can tell a man's... You can tell a man or woman's contribution to his or her community by what folks have to say upon their leaving of the community. And when hundreds, if not thousands of people and gather to celebrate your time on the planet and the contributions you've made. It speaks to the impact you've had on others. Wilson Ritchie, rest in power. Let's go to a two-shot. We'll welcome Judah Wickhauer to the show. Very interesting dynamic tonight in the last city council meeting of the year, Judah. In the last council meeting of the year, seven days before Christmas, five people, the mayor, Lloyd Snook, we see every day, right down the hall from us, the vice mayor, Juan Diego Wade, the interim city councilor, Leah Mm Perrier, Brian Pinkston, who won a spot on council in his second race, Michael Payne, the two-time city councilor, are expected tonight to vote on upzoning. The draft zoning ordinance, Loosening the zoning corn code, the DZO, whatever the H-E double hockey sticks you want to call it. For years, in this community, on this talk show, on this network, we've been talking about this concept of loosening the zoning code to potentially create more housing supply, and if additional supply is created, price stability may follow. There are folks on both sides of the fence in this community. Some think this is going to have no impact on price stability. I'm one of them. Others think that this will have significant impact on price stability. Livable Charlottesville, the nonprofit urbanist group, is one of those. Still, there's some in the community that say this is one little piece to the puzzle of creating affordability for Charlottesville, a community that clearly has been ravaged ravaged, by housing affordability issues. The interesting dynamic tonight is council is going to be voting on upzoning at the same time that they're going to be contemplating and deliberating two major housing projects, the Verve, which is an apartment tower and the Jefferson Park Avenue corridor. The other project is 2117 Ivy Road, and 2117 Ivy Road is a housing or apartment tower right next to Moe's Barbecue on Ivy Road. There is speculation and belief that the Verve in 2117 Ivy Road will be throttled, scaled back, or not even approved, on the same agenda, on the same night by the same people that are going to vote in favor of loosening the zoning court, zoning code. So here we are in the shadows of city council approving taxpayer dollars to purchase land from Wendell Wood on High Street to kill a housing project. Here we are in the shadows of city council giving Chris Henry in phase three dairy market next to the 10th and Page neighborhood, a historically African-American neighborhood, giving Chris Henry the, how would I call it, roadblocks, the runaround, Difficulty? The same folks are gonna vote potentially in favor of loosening the zoning code. So I want you, because you're the metronome, to help me understand this. How can five people agree to loosen the zoning code and those same five people kibosh phase three dairy market potentially or give it serious resistance and friction use taxpayer money to buy land on High Street to kill a housing project, Mm -hmm. potentially kibosh 2117 Ivy Road, and do the same at the Verve and Jefferson Park Avenue. We are talking literally thousands of new incremental housing potentially lost. Help me understand that dichotomy, Judah. Help me, please. I mean, there are... Certainly,
1: um, <clears throat> certainly more complicated uh, responses to something than just yes or no, and I think that's what we're seeing here. And certainly, there were a lot of people against building on the floodplain because of what it may have done to the floodplain further down. Um, we've that's fair. We've had uh, we recently had. Someone on our show talking about reasons why they don't want do uh, 2117 Ivy Road to turn into a, a major, um,
0: what do you want to call it, uh, almost a high-rise? Is it- Hillary Lewis Murray. I'd call it a high-rise, an apartment tower. Yeah. Hillary Lewis Murray on the cusp of launching a new program on the I Love Seaville Network in January. Go ahead. She was vehemently opposed to it. She's one of the head honchos in the Lewis Mountain neighborhood, which is across the street from this apartment tower. And they mm. went to bat against this project, as did the University of Virginia. Not a bad ally to have in your corner, the University of Virginia, when fighting at apartment tower on Ivy Road. Keep talking to me, Judah. Keep talking to me.
1: No doubt. Um, I'm sure there are reasons why uh, people wouldn't want the um, want the Verve to be built. Uh, So I can understand that the city council has a lot to consider uh, in each of those cases. Obviously, they made a choice in one of them already. Uh, And so I don't think it's uh, just it's not a simple binary of do we want to build? Yes, we want to build. We should, you know, we should pass each of these new uh, uh, we should push each of these new projects through because they have their own considerations that are independent of the fact that we need housing stock.
0: James Watson, welcome to the program. Lauren Keswick, welcome to the program. Vanessa Parco, Kelly Lewis, Gracie Haynes, Tim Carson, Michael Blevins, Kevin Yancey, Tyler Berry, Virgil, hello. Woody Fincham, hello. Katie Pearl, hello. Carol Thorpe, hello. Alex Witten, hello. Betsy Nugent, love when you watch the program, Betsy Nugent. Curtis Shaver, love when you watch the program. Um, Explain to me Charlottesville. How would you characterize the city of Charlottesville? Would you say it's pretty small in it's geographical territory?
1: That sounds pretty accurate.
0: 10.2 square miles. Very small, right? Yeah. Would you say there's limited opportunity for development in Charlottesville right now? 100%. So we have a small geographical territory with limited opportunity for development. One of the last few places to do very impactful development... X Park, for example, mm-hmm. Ludwig and Allen are being taxed on the potential of X Park, not the actual use of X Park. Right. So we get a city that's small, that has little room for development, mm-hmm. and in the last five months, four months, council potentially could have crushed four projects that would have brought thousands of units to the market. Now, I am one that puts infrastructure before development. I didn't think building in a floodplain was a brilliant idea. I don't think this Ivy Road project, a 10-story building, 130 square feet tall, is a good idea. I don't think putting an apartment tower on the cusp of Jefferson Park Avenue, an entrance quarter to the University of Virginia, or this Ivy Road project is a great idea. I understand the position of 10th and Page and the gentrification it may face with Phase 3 Dairy Market coming to fruition.
1: I get it. I'm a little less
0: clear on, on that one. but uh, That one of, of the four i seems the most viable. Seems the most legitimate. Yeah. You're taking asphalt parking lots and broken down buildings and you're creating additional housing in an area that's on a bus route and walkable to everything. That seems like a slam dunk to me. No doubt. But we had a neighborhood galvanize and organize and strategize against it and council bowed down to political pressure and socioeconomic How would you characterize it? Ballyhoo. I don't know. Just a perfect description. Loud noise. Perfect description. Perfect description. The point I'm making is you literally have a a catch-22. Is it a conundrum? Is it hypocrisy? Is it talking on one side of your mouth and doing something completely different on the other side of your mouth? You have leadership saying, let's loosen the zoning code pumping our fist in the air. We've been working on this for years. Loosen the zoning code. And in the very same meeting, they may throttle or kill projects that bring housing to market, which is the whole purpose of loosening the zoning code. I mean, it's how do you characterize this? You don't have to use literal language. How would you characterize this in the game that we call life? What's happening here?
1: I mean, like I said, it's it's not a simple binary of you know we want to build houses, but we're not going to push forward any projects that uh, that actually are attempting to build housing. Um, at the same time, I think optically it does it certainly looks like that.
0: Bill, Mc, Bill like- McChesney watching the program. How about the abandoned Kmart Plaza, gentlemen? Put Bill McChesney's photo on screen. He's our first commenter today. Number 15 in the power rankings, the mayor of McIntyre, Bill McChesney. We value your opinion. I will mention this live on air. I'm eager and excited to stop talking about upzoning. been talking about this for years. There's Bill McChesney looking sharp there in that sporty and sharp blue coat with that blue tie. And what's in front of you, Bill McChesney? Was that a, was that a salad there? look yeah. like a delicious salad in front of the mayor like of McIntyre. Bill, you, you look like you live a, a very good life, my friend. I'm, t- I'm ready to stop talking about up, Go ahead and vote in favor of it. Mayor Snook's the only one that seems to be offering or throwing any shade against it. Go ahead and vote in favor of it. The impact that this is going to have in the community as you ro- rotate those lower thirds on screen, we're on the second one, I believe, the impact is literally nothing. (laughs) You're going to have such little impact that we're going to ask ourselves two, three years from now, what was the impact of loosening the zoning code on Charlottesville? And we're going to be left scratching our heads. We're going to be left scratching our heads. We spent years, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of taxpayer dollars. I'll say hundreds of thousands. The opportunity cost of Hours, hundreds of thousands of hours, and we got this from it. You know what the upzoning is not going to be able to keep up with? What's that? The population increase. You know what the upzoning is not going to be able to keep up with? the ability for uh, for folks to live in Charlottesville and work remotely or hybridly while having jobs in D.C. or Georgetown or Manhattan or Austin or Philadelphia or Chicago or L.A. and maintaining those paychecks. You know what upzoning is not going to be able to keep up with? Retirees that wax nostalgic of four years at the University of Virginia sprinting to the Charlottesville area because they had an incredible run at the University of Virginia and they're bringing their bags of money and scooping up real estate. Gentrifying communities quickly. You know what upzoning is not going to be able to keep up with? The University of Virginia buying and buying and buying and buying and spending and spending and spending and taking properties off the tax rolls, turning them into classrooms or turning them into buildings utilized for educational purposes.
1: Not to mention, mention expanding their, their
0: uh, roles. You know what upzoning is not going to be able to keep up with? Expanded enrollment more student population yep. and students sprawling from the bubble where I went there from 2000 to 2004, a bubble that was tied to a few blocks that is now down West Main Street and beyond. We can all get romanticized and seduced by the window dressing, by acronyms and letters, romanticized and seduced by ideas and concepts be romanticized and seduced by white papers and consultants and urbanist nonprofits. The reality, the impact will be very little. And after today, maybe tomorrow, certainly in the beginning of 2024, I think I'm going to be able to put this behind us. And we won't have to hear three letters. You know what they are, Judah? C-Z-O Draft Zoning Ordinance For a very Long Time There you go My friend The next topic On today's talk show If you could set the stage for us The one right after Wilson Ritchie Show is yours on the headline, Judah
1: Uh, Let's see Which one are we on? The one right after Wilson Ritchie. Uh, Seville ranked number two
0: in USA's small college town. Put it on screen. Put it on the lower third. I'll give you guys the nitty-gritty. Wallet Hub, it's a website providing information, reviews to consumers. Ranked Charlottesville, the University of Virginia's hometown, obviously. The number two small college town in America. And number seven overall in its best college towns in the United States. The ranking is aimed at students seeking to make their college decisions. This is so crazy. The accolades continue. When do we say no more accolades? Stop. When do we say stop giving us props? No, seriously. Are we on two shot? Yeah. Is it it time to say stop giving us props? I don't think that's going to stop anybody, though. You know why why the props continue? I'm not convinced it's because of actual factors in Charlottesville. Granted, we love living here. That's why we live here. I think what it is is the evergreen nature of this content living online. All these publications rank Charlottesville as best place to live, best place for outdoors, best place for wine, best place for music, best place for restaurants, best place for breweries, best place to retire, best downtown in the area, best small college town, best medium-sized college town, best place to eat some Ethiopian food, best place for uh, uh, some fried chicken. Have you seen the cock block? On twenty-nine? You got six or seven, eight fried chicken spots within a mile of each other. Find me a cock block in America that has eight fried chicken joints within a mile of each other. I can't think of any. Can you think of a better cock block than that? Folks, I'm talking fried chicken. Get your mind out of the gutters, viewers and listeners. What are the what's on that cock block? Um, Bojangles. Is Bojangles over there?
1: I'm sure there are Popeyes, with, with Kentucky fried
0: that. chicken, Chick-fil-A. All those on the cock block. When's the next ranking gonna be? Charlottesville, best cock block in America? Come on now. Stop ranking us. You know why they're ranking us? Because these people are doing these articles, these stringers, these part-time journalists that are paid 50, 100 bucks a story, and all they Google is best place in America. And Charlottesville keeps coming up because of the evergreen nature of this content, the SEO, the SMO, the metadata, the tag words that keep showing up on search. Stop ranking us. Here are the best college towns and cities of the United States. Number one is Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas is changing a fast too. See if you can guess any of them. Number one's Austin. What's number two, Judah? See if you can guess any I'll, I'll give you a I got a top 30 in front of me.
1: Small college towns. No, this is
0: best overall college towns. Best overall. Oh, they don't have to be small. Sheesh. Best overall, Charlottesville Charlottesville's number seven. The city of UVA is number seven. Mm. And overall, I'll give you small college towns in a, in a moment. Boston? is Boston. That Boston is not in the top 30. Eh. Give me another one. I'll give uh, you five guesses. See if you can get one of the top 30 right. Good grief. Good grief. <laughs> this, this is any grief. college town. I mean, come on. You should be able to get one of the top 30 right. Viewers and listeners, How is about, Judah Witkower going to get any of the top 30 right? Probably not. Come on. Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine. <laughs> You're over for 2. I'm Come on. You got this. I believe in you. Camps. I have faith in you. Patrick Keynes, who's watching this program. I was at a networking event with Patrick Keynes. Plays great doubles left wall and squash. Patrick Haynes, are you watching the program or listening to the show? Someone tell Patrick Haynes I'm giving him some props. He says, sometimes I'm a little tough on you on the talk show. I was at a real estate networking event, and he gave you some props. It says, sometimes I'm a little tough on you, Patrick Haynes said. Nice. So I'm not going to be as – it's one of my New Year's resolutions. Part of the show is a little back and forth, a little combative Okay, so you're 0 for 2, and I'm saying this in a very nice way. Judah, you're great at your job. You're doing excellent work. Right now, you have gotten both incorrectly, but I believe in you. I think you will get <laughs> one of them right in the next three guesses. What's your third guess? Uh, um,
1: best college. I mean, um, come on, come on, Judah. You got this, Judah.
0: Come on, Judah. How about uh, New Orleans? New Orleans. New Orleans, I'm looking at the list. I'm looking at the ranking. There's Judah, 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 Judah. Yeah. Ah, no, over nope. three. Patrick, he's over uh, three. I'm being nice, Patrick. Okay, two guesses left. Come on. You got this. I know you can do this. Judah, Judah, Judah. Come on. He literally hasn't seen this, so he's being put on the spot. I wouldn't say it's necessarily fair, but that being said, I think most people, if you ask, name five of the best college towns in America you had five guesses and you only had to name one of the top 30 best college towns in America that you could do this. Two left. Come on, Judah. Hmm. There's going to have to be a shot clock if you take this long. I'll put the shot clock at five, four, uh, three. Austin. You already said Boston. Boston uh, uh, was the Austin. first one. Austin. I said Austin was number one already. Oh, did you? Yes.
1: I wasn't even paying attention. I said
0: Austin was number one. Darn it. I won't count that oh. as your guess because Patrick Haynes says I need to be nicer oh, to you. Yeah. I'm being nicer to him, Patrick Haynes. Okay. Two guesses left. Come on. You got this, Judah. Um, you got this, Judah. Miami. Ah, uh, Miami. That's not a bad guess. <laughs> Miami is number 11. Judah Wickhauer got it. Dude, one. Number eleven. That's amazing. Very nicely done. That's Thank it. You. Miami's number number eleven on the ranking. Here are the best small college towns in America. Judah got number eleven according to WalletHub.com. This after today's talk show is going to make the legacy or traditional media cycle number one is Austin, Texas. Two is Ann Arbor. Three is Orlando, Florida. Four is Tampa, Florida. Five is Scottsdale, Arizona. Six, Las Vegas, Nevada. Seven, Charlottesville, Virginia. Eight, Gainesville, Florida. Nine, Raleigh, North Carolina. Ten, Atlanta, Georgia. Eleven, Miami, Florida. Twelve, Boise, Idaho. Thirteen, Tempe, Arizona. Fourteen, West Lafayette, Indiana. 15, Charleston, South Carolina. I'm shocked you didn't say that. 16, College Station, Texas. 17, Salt Lake City, Utah. 18, St. Petersburg, Florida. 19, Tallahassee, Florida. 20, Provo, Utah. 21, Laramie, Wyoming. 22, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Cary, New York, North Carolina, 23. Irvine, California, 24. Wilmington, North Carolina, 25. Columbus, Ohio, 26. Seattle, Santa Barbara, Oxford, and Albuquerque, New Mexico. Round out the top 30. Charlottesville is number seven overall and number two with small college towns as judged by a population of 125 or less. Do you have a message to the people that put these lists out? You have done an amazing job on iloveseville.com putting out suggestions for Christmas, suggestions like photos with Santa, Christmas dinners, Christmas light tours, and local places to shop. Do you have a suggestion to the people that are ranking Charlottesville? Please give them a suggestion.
1: Uh, should that suggestion include ignoring us next time? Uh, I hope so. I mean...
0: What is driving up the cost of living more in Charlottesville, Virginia? The national and global media constantly ranking Charlottesville and I jest, and this is tug-in-cheek, but not really, or the influence and impact of the University of Virginia on Charlottesville itself? If you had a rank... Probably
1: pretty close.
0: If you had to rank the top five things that was driving up cost of living in Charlottesville, now Marl County, quality of life, cost of living, and gentrification, what would those top five things be? Driving up...
1: I mean, I'm sure most of them are pretty connected. Um... From the uh, all the top ten lists to um, people moving back here with money coming out of their pockets and
0: uh, buying up properties, paying cash. I'll give you my ranking. Vanessa Parkhill says Boulder, Colorado. Not in the top 30, but great guest for Vanessa Parkhill. Let's put her photo on screen. One of the key contributors to the family, number six in the power ranking, Vanessa Parkhill, the queen of Earliesville. Let's get her on screen. James Watson's photo should be on screen after Vanessa Parkhill. James Watson's got a comment. James Watson, whenever he leaves a comment, I read it immediately. He says, fellas, what's wrong with being ranked? It's better than being a city economically suffering and trying to bring casinos to drum up some kind of activity or economy or growth. There's James Watson. I love that he's got the Virginia jacket on. He bleeds orange and blue. That's a fair point, James. I mean, you look at southwestern Virginia. Travis Hackworth, you watching the program? He's of Danville. And Danville, one of their key economic drivers, is a Caesars casino to southwestern Virginia. This is is my point, though. The rankings... While they're good for street cred, and most importantly, while they're good for search engine optimization and what writers find on Google for future rankings, they are certainly attracting outsiders to the area by the hundreds, if not the thousands. And I would put these rankings in the three slot. What's driving gentrification, cost of living, uptick in in the Charlottesville area? Number one, it's clearly the University of Virginia. It's a, good, it's, a, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. As UVA expands and adds more schools and adds more enrollment, you've got more people to spend money locally, but you have also more people cannibalizing real estate and driving up the cost of living. Number two, the same reason we all live here. The quality of life is pretty awesome. The quality of life is great. There's a lot of stuff to do. Number three, I'd say it's these rankings. Realtor Magazine calls it the number two place to retire in America. Huffington Post called it the best, the happiest city in America. In the last year alone, this is what the Charlottesville area has been called. The best place for outdoors in America. The number one wine region in the world by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. The number two small town in America by, what's this place called? Wallet Hub. Number seven overall. One of the top three places for restaurants in America. One of the top six places for music in America. We got a hiking distinction. And that's just in the last calendar year. I'd say this national and global press is one of the three top drivers for gentrification and cost of living increases. Mm -hmm. And Judah's message to him is what? Holly Foster says, happy Monday. She's watching the program. Can we get Holly Foster's photo on screen? Holly Foster's, uh, where's she and our family? I'm going to the power rankings. Number 24 in the power ranking. I ran into Kevin at Borsat Holly on Saturday while doing Winter Wonder, and we both sung your praises at the entrance to Winter Wonder. And I'm going to tell you right now, The I'm going on a tangent here. The best oh Judah doesn't have a photo with Santa Claus. The best Santa Claus I have ever seen ever hmm. is the Santa Claus at Borsod. My wife wow. concurs. The Santa Claus at Borsod is, I think, Chris Kringle himself.
1: Wow, that's amazing! But but
0: Borsod was also getting a little shade. I saw. I saw. You're, you're mm-hmm. referencing Reddit. Yeah. You're referencing the the breakfast buffet. Yes, I yeah. saw I saw the shape. I'm speaking strictly of the Kris Kringle and the Santa Claus. Yeah, that's impressive. I think it's actually Kris Kringle. Hmm. Did you try pulling on the beard? Uh, I didn't, but our one-year-old son did. Then proceeded to sneeze in his beard, and Kris Kringle goes, "Ho, oh, oh, ho." Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, Martha slash Jessica standing next to him. She didn't say much, but she looked very. She was very authentic as well. Holly Foster says, Happy Monday, Athens, Georgia for College Towns. What is the holiday schedule for your shows? Are you taking all of the next week off? Thank you for asking. We should highlight that. Much to Judah's surprise, we are taking all of next week off as a bonus perk for the Jack of all trades, J-Dubs. We are off air Monday, December 25th through Friday December 29th and Judah much to your surprise the first uh, January 1 is a Monday that's a holiday paid day off for you so Judah Wickhauer gets 6 straight days off what are you going to do with your time well I'll be driving out to Keswick quite a bit <laughs> it's going to be it's taking care of uh, Max the family dog you are getting paid for that yeah still I'm sorry, it's work. <laughs>
1: it's, uh, I answered your question. Uh, <laughs> I'll well, also be spending time with my, uh, with my family. With my, uh, I my was s-
0: hoping you would lead with that as opposed to the fact and, that you're uh, watching the family dog while getting paid for taking care of Max the German Shepherd. But I respect your uh, commitment and your uh, priorities when it comes to the holidays and your rankings of what you will be doing.
1: I'll be uh, spending time with my sisters, my niece. Are they flying
0: in from Cali? Yeah.
1: And your niece? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So we'll, we'll all have fun. I guess At the Wickhauer
0: Estate? Yeah.
1: I got a, I got a coloring book for all of us to mess around with. And Ooh. Uh,
0: what kind of coloring book is that?
1: Uh, just Christmas designs. You know, fun stuff to goof off with. Nothing that, we, nothing that anyone will take too seriously. Just... Uh, Something, uh, something we can all get together and, and do once in a while. As, as well as a, uh, a Christmas uh, uh, jigsaw puzzle.
0: Oh, nothing like a good jigsaw puzzle. My in-laws and my wife love jigsaw puzzles. I have the attention span of... Um, how would you characterize my attention span? <laughs> Flighty. That's fair. I have a hard time sitting still for the puzzles. But I appreciate that they did puzzles. And my father-in-law surprised me with a uh, bottle of bullet bourbon and a tall jug wow. of eggnog. Nice. And we proceeded to make some egg holiday cocktail. Have you had the bourbon and the eggnog mix? You're not much of a dairy person, are you? Oh, I love... I eggnog?
1: Like actual dairy. Not the, uh, not the stuff that you, uh, that you like. Skim <laughs> milk. Uh, uh, water with... White food coloring. Um, <laughs> oh my! My friend Will makes a. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's made it for. A few I like years, when you throw shade. Go ahead. He makes a. He makes an, a pretty mean eggnog. I think it's got like three or four different kinds of uh, of bourbon and Scotch. Whoa! And uh, it's it was pretty powerful
0: stuff. It was powerful. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, James Watson ranks, and I'll go to Twitter here in a matter of moments. James Watson ranks the top three contributors or top five contributors to gentrification in the area. James, this is a great list. He says the number one contributor to gentrification and escalating cost of uh, living financially is the nine square miles already developed in a 10.2 square mile city. Uh, The fact that we have a top university in in, in the country here, the low crime rate, the fact that we're close to D.C., and it's a great place to decide, uh, retire and raise kids. James, excellent top yeah. five. Excellent top five. Amigo, just responded to it. Um, all right, next topic we will go to here. Let's go to Twitter, sorry. Twitter, I haven't forgotten about you. Uh, oh, Ginny who says, I want a lexicon by Judah. And it must contain the word Ballyhoo in it. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get Ginny Who's photo on screen? She's a key contributor in the family. Ginny Who is number four in the power poll. Ginny Who, we love you. Here we go. Uh, uh, how, wh- you want to respond to that?
1: Oh, man. I'd need, I'd need to hire someone to help me remember all the words that I needed to put in my lexicon. Well, you had some <laughs> Yiddish words. Would those go in there? Yeah, I guess they could, perhaps, some of them. Why wouldn't they go in
0: there? Everyone loves a good Yiddish turn of phrase. I don't right? Know about everyone. Huh? I don't know about everybody. Why wouldn't you like a Yiddish turn of phrase? I don't know. Hmm. Um, all right. Next headline. Can you read it to the viewers and listeners? I like this idea of you reading the headlines. It keeps you engaged and preserves my voice and adds a dynamic to the show. Maybe another way we can improve the program with Judah the headline reader like you see with Letterman or The Tonight Show with the headlines or the jokes reading off screen. Holly Foster loves the Santa and his wife at Borset. Her pooch, Luke, had his picture taken with them each year. He is fantastic. He is so authentic. The Santa at Borset. He... Hmm is Chris Kringle. Nice. Seriously. My five-year-old son, we took him there at my in-laws, my wife, and our one-year-old. And our five-year-old went up. It was one of the most heartwarming, best moments I have had of 2023. He went up to Santa on Saturday. Yeah. And literally, he's got some moxie and some chutzpah, our oldest does. Yeah. And he went up and he gave him a big hug. Wow. And Santa goes, have you been good this year, young man? And our oldest goes, yes, Santa. I'm on the good boy list. <laughs> I've been very, very good. And Santa goes, what I'm would like you like for Christmas, young man? And he rattled off, you would appreciate this, a bunch of uh, Star Wars toys by character and explained why he liked them. Mm-hmm. And then Santa immediately picked up that our oldest was the big brother to his one-year-old brother who was... Uh, I don't know, peeing or pooping his diaper, was not fussy, had boogers down his nose, quintessential one-year-old. And he said, have you been a good big brother? And he goes, yes, Santa, the best big brother. And then he asked uh, my oldest, our oldest, what does your baby brother want from Santa? And he goes, uh, eh, I don't know, maybe some trucks. <laughs> <laughs> It was a fantastic moment. It's those types of memories that are stuff you realize the older you get that you treasure for life. Um, This is Judah's idea, this topic. You're going to relay this on screen and set the stage because you know more about this than I do. All right. There are not enough hunters to manage the deer
1: population currently. Um, It seems trivial,
0: at least it kind of does to me, but when you... Uh, when you kind of did to me when you suggested putting this on the show, but Patrick Haynes said, I need to be nicer to you and give you more leeway. Patrick, I'm listening to you. But, Stephanie uh, Wells Road says you need to go take a picture with Santa, like, tonight. I do. You openly admitted last week on the talk show that you've never taken a photo in your entire life. Can I guess how old you are, or would you prefer I not to? I mean, you guess. Do I have to tell you if you get it right? Okay. I mean, I know, how, I know how old you are. In your entire life, he has never taken a photo with Santa Claus. Not that I remember. You would remember something like this. If not, you would see the memento or keepsake around the house. Because generally... Baby's first photo with Santa, or a couple of photos with Santa year over year, is something that is framed and kept as a keepsake.
1: I mean, I definitely wouldn't remember if I was a baby, but you're right. If I was a baby,
0: it might show up on the uh, mantelpiece at Christmas. Okay. So... Many people are saying you need to go Stephanie Wells Rhodes. We need to get her photo on screen. She's one of the key viewers and listeners of this family. Stephanie Wells Rhodes is number 22 in the power pole. I'm Please. great with Photoshop. If somebody gets me a picture of that. Uh, We're Lord not Photoshopping photos you on Chris Pringle. That puts you on the bad boys <laughs> list. Can you put number 22 on screen, Stephanie Wells Rhodes? Did you hear that, Chris? He said Photoshop him on screen onto a picture. And then we need to get Rob Neal's photo on screen. Rob oh, Neal green. Judah is number 29 in the power pole. Rob Neal says, I'm grateful the Boar's Head Santa and his better half are the image my little ones will have in their memories as they continue to grow. Always nice to see someone take pride in their role. Amazing. 100% agree. Chris Kringle at Boar's Head is Santa Claus. And that's like the best compliment I can give. He is Santa Claus. Yeah. Like, I was amazed, with little ears on this program watching all the time. He is Santa Claus. Did you get Rob Neal some love on screen? Yeah. All right, deer population, I rudely interrupted you, and I'm working on that. Patrick Hayes. Um So, yes, while it may seem uh,
1: trivial that we don't have enough hunters for all the deer out there, when you when you think about all the problems that deer cause and what uh the the results of not enough people thinning the uh the flocks and herds of them <laughs> will cause i'm sorry to think about how many people get killed in in uh collisions with deer every year that's going to go up okay i'm listening think about uh think about all the ticks that are specific to deer i hate ticks ticks are gross. so do i, I despise ticks more deer means more ticks which spies ticks which in turn means more uh more uh danger of of catching lyme disease okay i'm with you keep going um one thing i certainly didn't know i you know i kind of knew the those first two but uh a lot of the a lot of the deer meat that gets uh, a lot of the deer that get killed, uh, the meat gets processed, and a lot of that meat, or at least a significant portion of that meat, ends up at Loaves and Fishes. I did not know that. So that's a that's a legitimate one. Put that and on. They, Talk and, about that. And they rely on uh, Loaves and Fishes is. Uh, it's a nonprofit. Yeah, a nonprofit organization whose uh, whose goal is to uh, is to. Take in. Um, it's to feed people that need food. Yeah, take in feed donations. Feed people that need food and feed people that need Thank food. Thank you. One of the ways that they get those donations is through the meat that the hunters take in the the deer that the hunters kill that gets processed and sent there. Which means that, aside from I, you know, I think that are, I think they've also been um, having less donations of actual food. Um, Especially in a year like this, where... Uh, yeah, um, inflation.
0: Money doesn't go as far.
1: Everybody is hurting.
0: Everyone's stretched thin.
1: And now they're also looking at a, uh, at a lessening of the amount of, of deer meat that they'll be, they'll be getting.
0: So what do we do to fix this?
1: Very troublesome.
0: What do we do to fix this? Kill deer. Get more people out there. Kill There's the deer. So, um, Are we going to be turned into a meme by saying kill the deer? Probably. Um but there, but deer Either also way.
1: deer also have something similar to mad cow disease. Oh called chronic wasting disease. What's it called now? Chronic wasting disease. Okay. And the more deer, the more chances they're gonna pass it around to each other. Um and thankfully there have been no reported human cases yet, as there was with uh mad cow disease. We we know that mad cow disease can be transferred uh, to humans. Uh, we don't know that uh, that this can be transferred, but I believe that uh, they have proven that it can be transferred to apes, and it's not a far leap from from that to uh, to people getting it from eating uh, diseased deer meat.
0: George and would, Gilmer watching the. Would be very bad news. Georgia Gilmer watching the program here. Let's get her photo on screen. We got the updated Georgia Gilmer photo. Georgia Gilmer, you're appreciated and respected and beloved in this community. Number 12 in the power rankings. I will mention this live on air. Georgia Gilmer says, Judah and Jerry, interesting regarding the deer population. We've had several hunters asked to hunt on our property. They are around to hunt them. They, Maria Marshall Barnes watching the the program. They,
1: they are around. We we certainly have hunters out there, but uh, what I've read um, shows that uh, for for decades there were usually around three hundred thousand hunters every year. And in uh, America. No, um, I think in uh, in Virginia.
0: Three hundred thousand hunters in
1: Virginia. In Virginia, and they get licensed. And they're allowed to hunt deer. And what are we at to now? And now we're at around 185,000.
0: That's a massive drop in the hunter population. It's a massive drop. So the deers are, are, are boom shook a bow wowing, And as they boom shook a bow Deers will do
1: what deers do. The deer are making more deer. Create more deer. And more deer are... More deer. And more deer, and more deer, running, deer. Across the, uh, running across our highways. We need
0: John Deer. I'm not sure if that would help with the deer population. <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's legitimate. From 300,000 in the Commonwealth to 185,000 hunters. Yeah. So we have deers uh, fornicating and making babies at rates that we can keep up with.
1: Um, yeah, and we've killed most of their predators. We have. There are no no wolves and well, There's in a bunch Virginia. of Oldsmobiles
0: and Explorers I've, and Cherokees out there. Do you really want to? Uh, I, no, rely I really on... don't. I really don't. But those exactly. are. Would you say that's the number one predator for deer right now? Yeah, cars I think are the number one predator besides
1: hunters in Virginia. I think there's been an increase in uh, in mountain lions.
0: Mountain lions. Uh,
1: recently. But, mountain lions. Uh, yeah, but not significant. And mountain cer- lions. And certainly not to the
0: point that uh, that they would be a significant threat to the deer population. Uh, Todd Rath watching the program. Todd Rath, is is he in the power rankings? Because he should be. The owner of Blue Toad Hard Cider. I'm looking at the power rankings here. Is he not? Not. He's not? Todd Rath is number 31 in the power ranking. We need to update the power ranking. Put number 31 Todd Rath (laughs) in there. So anytime Todd Rath comments, he gets his photo on screen. Number 32 in the power rankings needs to be Maria Marshall Barnes. Number 32 in the power rankings. 31 is Todd Rath. Maria Marshall Barnes is going to be number 32 in the power rankings of the most beloved viewers and listeners that contribute the most. Um, Maria Marshall Barnes, welcome to the program. Todd Rath is watching the program. He says, greetings from, where are you, Todd? Where is Todd? There should be a show, Where's Todd Traveling To? He's in Mexico. Oh, wow. Nuevo Vallarta, Mexico right now. Nice, Nuevo Vallarta, Todd Rath. Greetings from Mexico, Nuevo Vallarta. He says, open up permits for skilled bow hunters in areas overpopulated. Incentivize the hunters. Folks need to open up lands or lose tax incentives they may have, i.e. land use, to call the deer herd. Did you hear what he said? Yeah. So Todd, and you know more about this than I do. Judah knows more about this than I do as well. Are you saying that the folks that own the land are limiting who can hunt their land which is allowing the deer population to escalate? Is that what's happening? And Todd, are you saying that because folks that own massive swaths of land are limiting who can hunt the land, which is keeping the deer from which is keeping which is encouraging the deer to grow in population that the folks that are limiting the hunting should get popped and lose tax status? Is that what you're saying, TR? Is he 31 in the power ranking? Number 31 in the power ranking? Is that what he's saying, Judah? Uh,
1: I think so. I'd... I think some of that. I would never help. really
0: considered the deer population's impact on the community, but this seems uh, more, more. Yeah, he says exactly, Jerry. Folks don't want deer shot in our area. Mm-hmm. Um, this seems more of a significant issue that I initially gave it credit when you pitched it in our pre production meeting. Patrick Kane said, involve Judah more and give him some latitude. So we did, and we went, went with this deer story. Now that you're positioning the deer story or educating me on the deer story, a 300,000-person hunter base to 185,000 hunter base is a massive drop.
1: And I think it's going to require more than just uh, trying to incentivize people to hunt deer.
0: Well, if you take away people's money, they're going to let people hunt deer. Yeah, tax status and tax shelter opportunities. But uh, I think... The problem is less that uh, I, I, Ah, Janice Boystravillian says. I'm sure he's
1: right that there are people that need, that should be letting people on their land to hunt deer. But with this much of a deficit in the in the number of hunters, I don't know that that really is going to solve the
0: problem. Janice boyce is number need- 17 in the Power Rankings. Can you get Janice's photo on screen? Number 17 in the Power Rankings? She says, Janice does, that she has horses at her house and the hunters that hunt with dogs cause chaos every year for her horses, Judah. Oh, I'm sure. Should we use, and hear me out, a coordinated aerial attack a drone strike that utilizes the power of body heat and the herd mentality against the deer to drop with pinpoint accuracy poison darts on the deer from above. I think that's a terrible idea.
1: (laughs) Why is that a terrible idea? First of all, I'm, maybe there maybe there are good poisons that you could use, but for the most part if you're poisoning idea. if you're poisoning animal populations and leaving them out, they're going to poison other populations uh which you know okay fine. could have could That's have terrible, uh, terrible cascading effects uh, The other problem is that I don't think <laughs> you want i don't think you want to target a particular deer population in a particular spot. For instance, uh, sending a drone around to to I kill. Was okay, we're kill not going to use a drone strike on the of deer thousands population. of deer in one. What you need is enough hunters in enough areas that you're spreading out the. Uh, you know, you're not trying to you're not trying to kill all the deer. It's never that's never been the goal. Um, you need enough people spread out over the you know the surface area of Virginia to uh, to make a a dent. I'm sorry. In the overall population.
0: The aerial drone strike utilizing poison darts from above was not a good suggestion. I apologize. Todd Raff says this is a direct reflection of too many video games for children. Folks are playing video games. They do it as kids. And they stay around playing video games as opposed to going outside and actually hunting. Before video games, you went hunting with your dad, your grandpa, your grandma, your granny. And you went as a kid and you grew into hunters and you called the herd. Now kids aren't going hunting with granny and grandpa or mom and dad. They're staying in and playing big buck hunter in the friendly confines of their house on their sofa, their oriental rug, and nice 71-degree temperatures inside their casa. I don't know if I I agree with that. I think that's true, dude. I
1: think the adults that have gone out hunting hunting are, are are probably taking their kids and
0: teaching them to go hunting. My five-year-old, if I don't rip the tablet out of my five-year-old's hand, he will stay there for hours, mesmerized, hypnotized, completely consumed by watching utter crap on a tablet. I have to take it out of his hands, hide it, and say, you're getting out of the house, and you're going to come play sports with me, and we're going to get outside seriously it is drugs Todd Raff says light winters and genetically modified crops have made deer having twins the norm I didn't know that wow did you know that I didn't know that he says a good chunk of deer are having triplets because of light winters and genetically modified crops what happens when we eat those genetically modified crops triplets all the way down is that why I have hair on my back The older I get, I get more hair on my back, more hair on my nose, and more hair in my ears, and less hair on my head. Is that God playing a mean trick on me? You're going to get older, Jerry. Your bones are going to creak. You're going to be stiff in the morning, and I'm talking my body here. You're going to have hair on your back, hair on your nose, hair in your ears, and less on your head. Everywhere but wherever you want it. (laughs) I know. What, is that God playing a mean trick on us? I guess. Stephanie Wells Rhodes. We have had to stop and wait for 16 to 20 deer to cross our Ooh. driveway right here off Route 250 in Keswick. That is so many deer. Yeah. 16 to 20? That's not a herd. That's an army. That's amazing. That's a lot Stephanie. No, no doubt. Okay. I'm, I'm glad. More topics for Judah on the show. I see roving bands around,
1: uh, around my, my area as well. I'm sure everybody does. Uh.
0: Oh, man. I just don't want any ticks on me. The ticks always go to the warmest spot on my body, and it's not good. We don't want to know. <laughs> my armpit, Judah. Uh. My armpit. I'm talking about my armpit. Uh. <laughs> what other topics were on the show? Was that the last one? Uh, there's quite a few more, I believe. Make sure Todd Rath gets in the power pool. Todd Rath made the show better today. So did Janice Boyce Trevilian. Dr. Karen Wolf, welcome to the program. We love when you watch the program. Dr. Wolf. Movies. Oh, go ahead. You influenced two topics on the show. Well, wind down with movies. Um, you putting the lower third on? Yep. what's the movies? Carol Thorpe, welcome to the broadcast. We love you. We love you, Carol Thorpe. So one I've seen,
1: one I haven't seen. Uh, neither of them are. Uh, neither of them I would
0: uh, call Christmas movies. But uh, <laughs> Judah, the guy who never had a photo with Santa in his entire life, is watching movies at Christmas time that are not Christmas movies.
1: Hmm. Imagine yep. that. Imagine
0: that. Imagine the. Go ahead, sorry, Judah. We did watch Screw, but I it was kind of a poke of Jess poke. Poke fun, but done nicely. That was okay, right? Yeah. Okay. We did watch. Patrick Sc- Kane said. We did I gotta... watch
1: Scrooge uh, before I before I came home from uh, from my Thanksgiving break. Which Scrooge? Oh,
0: the one with Bill Murray? Yeah, that one's great. Oh yeah. The one when he's a TV executive? Mm-hmm. That one's fantastic. I watched that recently too. Yeah. That when he gets the uh, the visits from uh, the various ghosts. I mean, that's pretty much how the story goes. Okay. But...
1: like <laughs> <sorry>. Go. <laughs> <Jeez, it's laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I mean it's basically the uh uh Bob Cratchit story, and
0: <laughs> we know Scrooge, yeah. I'm sorry, I got you all um, time
1: try,
0: try to be nice
1: I saw uh, the latest Miyazaki movie, the boy and the heron oh, and uh I don't know that uh, in the movie theater I think you I think your kids might be i Obviously, one of your children is too young.
0: He's uh, one years old. yeah. What is uh, this rated? He can't stay awake past six p m
1: well they're g they're cartoons they're you know they're usually about kids, but I think the themes in his movies um I mean his movies are so fantastical that um fantastical yeah, there's magic in them, but magic, it's I magic mean. but it's not like. Disney magic, where it's easily explained. Oftentimes, it's, it's, uh, oftentimes it's more just background. Uh, it's, it's hard to explain, but uh, if you've, as I said before, if you've seen
0: a Miyazaki movie and... Give us and, some examples of ones that are most popular, because I have no idea who this... Is it a director?
1: Yeah, he's a director.
0: I have no idea any of his movies. What's the most popular ones? Uh, the most popular, probably Spirited Away... Um, Has anyone heard of this director? Oh, I'm. I
1: know 100% that at least some of our viewers have have seen <laughs> I know 100%
0: this that 1% of our viewers have seen this. Exactly. This is a Yogi Berraism right there. Go yeah, ahead. There you go. I know 100% that 1%. Of um, are they cartoons? Yeah. They are cartoons. Cartoons shown in the movie theater? He is probably the king of, of animated movies. So it's cartoons in the movie theater. That's yeah. Okay. That's ex- okay, keep going. I'm not thr- I'm not judging. And uh, I'm mean, not judging
1: P. Haynes. I mean I could go on and on, but they're they're magical. They're uh he They're magical, they're incredibly uh character uh driven. They're not just you know they're not just setups for a bunch of a bunch of Disney songs and uh, and a new Disney ride. Uh, they really, I think, this is this is where I was saying that they're not necessarily made strictly for children. Uh, I think they're um, the subjects that they deal with and how they deal with them definitely make them movies that are rewarding for. For adults as well as children.
0: Okay. I'll put it that way. Should I take my five-year-old to see this? Viewers and listeners who would, are watching, should I take my five-year-olds to this?
1: How well is he doing movies? Does he sit he still? He loves movies. Does he sit still? Loves movies. Okay. I'd take, it,
0: I'd take him to see it. It's Uncle Judah offering parental advice here. Spectacular. Spectacular. You rarely use colorful adjectives like that. I, I
1: mean, there's... Spectacular. There aren't enough words to, uh, to describe how... What an incredible director Miyazaki
0: is. Okay. Uh, during this holiday season, I personally was watching Home Alone, Home Alone 2... Christmas with the Cranks. Hmm. You seen Christmas with the Cranks? I don't think so. You've not seen Christmas with the Cranks. Who's in it? Tim Allen.
1: Hmm.
0: Jamie Lee Curtis. No, no, listener so. trying to walk on the show. Hey, we're doing a live talk show right now. How can we help you? Uh we're doing a live talk show right now. But how can we help you? I was just wondering if I could here. Well, we're not the parking police, so we can't tell you. Yeah, no problem. You have a good one. Take care. Um, we forgot to lock the door. We need a sign that says live on air on the studio front door.
1: Yeah, we need a uh, We need a neon on sign. On air now. We need a neon sign with a switch over here so I can just go switch. Yeah,
0: we should totally do that. <laughs> and then an automatic locking. I think she was looking for your autograph. She's a beautiful lady. I didn't really get a good look. This beautiful lady right there. Um, Have you seen Home Alone? Yeah, it's been a while. Have you seen Home Alone 2? Probably. Where did he get lost in Home Alone 2? Where did he get lost? Uh, Home uh, Alone 2? Where did he get lost? It's in the title of the movie. Oh, New York? Oh, thank God. I was about to lose it. I thought
1: you were talking about somewhere specific. I was trying to
0: think of like did he get lost at
1: the I don't know, like a Home Alone Two, Lost in New York.
0: Okay. Home Alone Two, Lost in New York. What were the name of the bad guys in Home Alone One? Ugh, I can't tell you their names. The Wet Bandits. Oh. And the Home Alone Two, they were the sticky bandits. (laughs) Crispus with the Cranks, Tim Allen, and Jamie Lee Curtis. It's fantastic. It's based on a John Grisham novel. You would thoroughly enjoy Christmas with the Cranks. I echo what you said about Scrooge. Scrooge with Bill Murray was fantastic. Yeah, Absolutely fantastic. Um, Bad Santa. Have you seen Bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton? Uh, no, I haven't. Ba- Bad Santa is excellent. But I did just watch Violent. I think it's called Violent Night. <laughs> Violent Night? Yeah. Are, we are the- David Harbour. Jude and I are the complete opposite people. I think that's what makes for a great talk show. Complete opposite people.
1: Yeah. Violet
0: Knight. There, She's right there. Would you not say she's a beautiful lady? Right there?
1: Oh, my glasses on. There
0: put is. your glasses on. I couldn't, I didn't get a, I didn't How have a. did you a, not put your glasses on? I didn't have a full view of her face anyways. Wouldn't it help? Yes. Someone just texted us an image. Lauren and Keswick said you need this on screen, live on air, that Judah can flick the switch on. It's $40. We should order this from Amazon that we can hang in the window. It's a great idea. Bad Santa, Bad Santa 2. Bad Santa 2? There's two Bad Santas. Oh. Would you, have you seen Die Hard? Of course. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Do you characterize Die Hard as a Christmas movie? Yeah. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I put it I on mean, the how,
1: list. How can you not characterize it as a Christmas movie?
0: A lot of people say it's not a Christmas movie. Well. It's taken place at Christmas. I know. Elf? Have you seen Elf? No. You've never seen Elf? I'm not a big Will, Will Ferrell fan. You've never seen the movie Elf? I've never seen the movie Elf. I'm trying to <laughs> embody Patrick Haynes right here. How am I supposed to respond to him not seeing Elf? Patrick. It's never seen Elf? You've never seen Elf?
1: I've never seen Elf. My you sisters never, probably have the same, Never the exact, a, the exact same
0: uh, response. Never got a photo with Santa and he's never seen Elf. Have you seen the movie Family Stone? Family Stone is so good. I just watched that yesterday. I've seen that. I, I watch know. it every Christmas. I don't think so. Sarah Jessica Parker, Rachel McAdams, Claire Names, Luke Wilson, mm-hmm. the guy from Coach, the TV show. I don't think I have. Diane Keaton. Oh, Family Stone is so good. You need to see Family Stone. Would we consider Gremlins a Christmas movie? Uh,
1: I don't. I've maybe. It's been a long time since I watched Gremlins. Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn. Mm, doesn't ring a bell.
0: Oh, we're so different. We're so different. <laughs> It was <laughs> so different. It's okay. I, I doubt that surprises anyone. Different is good. I think that was a tagline for something. Different is good. Makes for a good talk show. Different is good. Oh. All right. We'll close with a couple more comments. I'm trying to get to as many as possible. Hasn't seen Elf. For Christmases, Maria Marshall Barnes is so good. Die Hard is a Christmas movie and... and the Gilmer household, Jerry, you're naming some of my favorite Christmas movies. Maybe Krampus would be more of Judah's Speed or Claws for Judah. It's animated. Claws. I think we't started... seen Elf. What am I supposed to say? Do you like to drink at Christmas? <laughs> doesn't need to be Christmas for me to drink <laughs> <have. laughs> Do you like presents? Yeah. Uh, Judy who says you didn't realize that there was a deer uh, issue because of Glenmore has people come in at night with night vision goggles and they hunt the deer with bow and arrow. They changed to that because people who live there did not want the deer kill, but also complained about deer eating everything. <laughs> Those damn Karen's classic, classic Keswick problem. What, <laughs> what's the, what's the male version of a Karen?
1: Um, I don't know. What are we going to call them A Brad?
0: <laughs> Is it a Brad? Is it a know. Brad? Those damn Karens and Brads. I had no idea that they went in with night vision goggles and did hunting. That's crazy. That's bananas. That sounds about right, though. Oh, uh, uh, today was fun. A Chad. Maria Marshall Barnes says they're Chads. Hmm. And she says, Judah, have you seen a Christmas story? Oh, yeah. Okay, thank God. You'll
1: shoot your eye out. Thank you. <laughs> I I wanted that Red Ryder uh, BB gun.
0: Oh, gosh. It was almost, my heart is racing over here. It was uncertain if you'd seen Christmas <laughs> Have you seen It's a Wonderful Life? Probably at some point in my life, but not in a long time. Oh, man. I, I think you would remember if you saw It's a Wonderful Life, I'm trying to be nice here. I mean, it's
1: somewhere on t- it's been somewhere on TV most of my life, every Christmas. I don't know that I ever, like, watched it all the way through, though.
0: Oh, man. Okay, this is going to be a true test to see if you've seen oh, It's a Wonderful Life. Every time a bell rings.
1: An angel gets its wings. Oh, thank, I mean, God. That doesn't, thank I
0: God. That doesn't mean that I watched the movie, <laughs> I'm though. just going to chalk it up to it's, you've seen It's a Wonderful Life.
1: Is that the movie where uh, there's an I invisible should... rabbit named Harvey?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was good. That was actually funny. We're going to go out on a Costanza on a high note with that. That was hilarious. <laughs> Judah Wickower, Jerry Miller, the Monday edition of the I Love Seville show. So long, everybody. A rat, invisible, Arby? Yeah.
1: Schmuck, with a name like oh, Schmuckers, it's got a-